Welcome to Old School, Jake Huger, David Schuster, Wozniak Labre with you guys. Woz is with The Ringer, uh, he also does a podcast called The Woke Bros, uh, also contributes to TYT, as you can tell. Uh, and uh, and of course, David is the, the star, the king of Rebel Headquarters. Uh, no stars, so, no kings, no royalty, we just no. we just keep going. No, we, we don't believe in royalty, uh, David is correct. Um, uh, we are of course sponsored by shoptyt.com. Uh, and I don't know, sorry, we don't have any, oh, look at that. What, oh yeah, it's our 21st uh, anniversary tomorrow. What am I talking about? So go to shoptyt.com and celebrate, man, we can drink. <laughs> As one of our members said earlier today, Matt Gates won't even date us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually is true. After he came on that one time, I guess he thought he was gonna get a softball or something. It, I don't know what in the world would have led him to that uh, conclusion. But we asked him back on it. So oh, yeah, Matt, you want to keep going? Let's do it. Uh, and I actually liked his anti-corruption proposal, but hasn't been heard from since. Uh, <laughs> and But to be fair to Matt Gates, that's true of a lot of our guests. Uh, apparently they're used to super soft compliant media. So anything that uh, challenges them with the great notable exception of Ro Khanna. Who will show up for an interview, okay? Bless his heart, Ro Khanna is a champion of that. Uh, but uh, Bernie's nowhere to be found, nobody's anywhere to be found. Um, <laughs> okay, it is what it is. Uh, but to be fair, they're probably really busy getting a lot of stuff done in Congress. Tons <laughs> of stuff getting done. Oh, they're also uh, resupplying their, their special rooms, right? For when the aliens actually come down in mass and start taking us that, I mean, we all have to have our supplies ready. No, that is such a good point. Um, so guys, by the way, you know why everybody's freaking out about the alien thing, right? Because uh, right-wing media's uh, main product that they sell is survivalist gear. So <laughs> they can't wait for the Armageddon. They can't wait for it, right? So I'm not sure they probably, this would be a good poll for Republicans. Would you rather get sucked up into heaven uh, by Jesus during the Armageddon or stay down here and finally <laughs> be a survivalist? You always water back. Get your bunker. <laughs> I think they take the bunker over Jesus. What do you guys think? Definitely Ooh. take the bunker over Jesus. We know a lot of those folks, the Jesus stuff is just lip service they're paying. Um, Cuz you know, they're just Christian by name only, right? Like they're not really like, you know, warriors for Christ like they would claim, but like they really get into this survival gear. They're gonna subsist on canned, canned corn and canned tomatoes the entire time. Uh, they're gonna be hugging their guns and, and, yeah. and it's gonna be great. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I mean, you can't take your guns to heaven as far as we know. So you certainly <laughs> can have them in the bunker. And in the bunker, you know, look, if Armageddon happens, and the world's right. I mean, you can do anything you want. So they can actually then not only take their guns out of the bunker and start shooting all the people that they've wanted to shoot for, for years and years. So it's just a no holds barred if there's a bunker and as long as they're supply and they have their food and their, and their ammo, they're gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah, no, look, they all get to be Kyle Rittenhouse. They're gonna be, you know, <laughs> happy as a pig in mud. Uh, and, and oh my God, the irony if heaven is a gun free zone. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, seriously. I mean, in heaven, you most certainly do not need a gun, right? 
And whether you could have a gun is a different question, but you certainly don't need one, right? Yeah. And so if it turns out God's like, whoa, whoa, cool it, this is heaven, nobody's shooting anyone. I bet they'd get super pissed. They'd yeah. be like, oh, is this God guy working with Fauci and Bill Gates? Is that what this is about? It's Soros, it's Soros. Yeah. Well, Jenk, you've just taken to me, taken me to the, the theory that I've pronounced most often over the last several days when everybody's been freaking about it, the UFOs. And I said, look, think about it. There's no way these could be UFOs or aliens for the simple reason that if they took a look around at planet Earth and saw our religions, our wealth inequality, the incredible poverty, the disease, all the screwed up problems we have, they would say to each other, let's get the F out of here. These humans are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so there's no, no way they're gonna stick around. No question about that. No, uh, look, I, I, that's funny you say that. But I guess we all thought about it recently because the everybody became convinced we were being invaded by aliens with the world's worst, universe's worst technology with balloons. Aliens came with balloons. <laughs> like if that's their technology, how the f did they get here? But what, anyway. what do we think the what do we think these unidentified flying objects are though? Like, because I'm I, I'm convinced a lot of the stuff that people were seeing in 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 the middle of the country and stuff is just like the government's early drones and they were testing them out and nobody was supposed to see them and that's why it's all top secret and hush hush. Is like I. Maybe it's not so obvious, but I, I just have a hard time believing that it's aliens. <laughs> well, look, I got the over on weather balloons, okay? <laughs> so like, I mean, this is the insanity that we live in, where now the Biden team is like, oh yeah, we shot more balloons than the Trump people. And the Trump people's like, you didn't shoot enough balloons, oh, okay? <laughs> Yo, I, I could shoot 99 red balloons, how many can you shoot? And like we're having literally serious conversations about this. There was a Republican congressman on Jay Tapper's show, and he's like, "Well, I liked them; they were trigger happy about this." It's like, yeah, that's the one thing you like, right? And he's like, "But we got to improve our missile defense." Well, I guess you know, I, you know, if we spent 1.1 trillion on defense, which we did when you combine all the different parts of defense last year, and we can't stop a freaking balloon. Uh, but oh, that means you know what we forget the money we're gonna spend. That means the 1.1 trillion we spent didn't bite. I cursed in the second episode of Old School, but apparently didn't buy anything. They just not got. It's so obvious where the corruption is. It's so obvious. It's well, and I say corruption contractors. Well, and I say corruption not only with the contractors, but also say the media, right? I mean, so much of this was stoked on Saturday night, the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, when there was CNN with Jim Acosta and Natasha Bertrand, their national security hoaxer, whatever she is, claiming, oh yes, the pilot said that their sensors were interfered with and they couldn't get a good look at these devices. They couldn't find a propulsion system running writing on them. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Based on everything we know, and based on everything we knew Saturday night, these things were floating at the speed of wind. Now, I'm not a pilot, but I presume that even fighter jets can only go so slow. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe they can get within about 100 miles per hour faster than uh, something that's a floating object. And if that object is, say, the size of a refrigerator or a Volkswagen Beetle, somebody described, how on earth is any pilot 
100 miles an hour faster than the object, gonna be able to see this thing and be able to see whether it has propulsion system, be able to see whether it has anything on it. Uh, so, I mean, to me, that's like, okay, this is crazy. CNN is just sort of stoking the flames. And then the other part about it is, I know from like, you know, corporate stuff and communications that there's plenty of corporations out there that have various transmission data systems floating around on balloons and satellites. And some of them, I would imagine, sometimes malfunction and maybe they don't give off a radar identifier. So NORAD, which suddenly says, okay, let's open up and look at all of these things, says there's one that doesn't have an ID and there's one that doesn't have an ID and there's President Biden saying, shoot it down. And suddenly a couple of corporations, a couple atmospheric and research companies have lost something in the atmosphere. Yeah, so uh, they told a couple of, a congressman from Michigan that there was one over Lake Huron that they were gonna shoot down. Uh, one was Elise, uh, Lisa apparently, Slotkin, a Democrat. The other one was Jack Bergman, a Republican. And uh, I wanna read you his tweet uh, from over the weekend because I thought this was so, so funny. I've been in contact with DOD regarding operations across the Great Lakes region today. Operations against the balloon in the Great Lakes region. Uh, the US military has decommissioned another object over Lake Huron, decommissioned, I like it. It's like needless badass lingo for shooting a balloon, for <laughs> literally popping a balloon. But then here's my favorite part. I appreciate the decisive action by our fighter pilots. Really, <laughs> really, we're bragging about the decisive action to pop a balloon. And by the way, it wasn't the fighter pilots. I mean, they have these long stories about Trudeau and Biden co-authorized the one in Canada and blah, blah, blah. It, but they make it sound like it's Top Gun and Tom Cruise is up there and he's like, what should I do with the balloon? It's coming at me at zero miles per hour. I'm gonna take decisive action. <laughs> I mean, what a bunch of goofballs. And, these yeah, and I guarantee any one of us without knowing how to fly an F-16 or F-22, any one of us could shoot that Hellfire missile and bring that thing down, I guarantee it. It's a heat-seeking missile. You just shoot it somewhere in the trajectory of where that thing is, and it's gonna find it and destroy it. No, no, you know what, David? You don't know how to take decisive action like our fighter pilots do, okay? When they see a balloon, they pop it right away, decisive action. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, look at these morons that, that are our so-called leaders. Yeah, yeah so. it's 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 funny, and and you mentioned the corruption, Jenk. It's funny because those guys get the least pushback on from anybody in the mainstream media, from both well leadership in both parties. Like whenever we spend money on anything, it's like means test is this efficiency, blah blah blah. All you hear about is government waste. I have never. Heard anybody propose that we audit people like Lockheed and um, Raytheon and all of these companies that we pour billions of dollars into? Nobody's ever like, hey, is there any fat to be trimmed there? Like, we give them a lot of money. Are we getting any return on this investment? Um, you know, there was that famous or just uh, notorious, I think it's F 35 plane that cost. Mm so much money and still doesn't freaking work. It's it's embarrassing and yet, you know, they get the they get the most money <laughs> and the least pushback. It's incredible how that works. Mm. It, it, I mean, was you're right on top of it, right? Because uh in fact, you've taken decisive action against that story. <laughs> uh okay, because Jake Tapper had that uh, lunatic Republican who's said, 
it's a distraction by the Biden administration. Wait, so are you saying they launched it and then shot it down? What do you mean? How is it? Or you, but you said you were happy they shot it down. So why would that be a distraction? Anyway, but he says, oh, we need a lot more defense spending, right? And I'm like, come on, Jake, this is your specialty. This is a softball. This is when you're supposed to ask, how are you going to pay for that? Right? <laughs> nope. Only on paid family leave, higher wages, universal health care, free college, anything that might help the American people. Tapper's ready to pounce. These guys like, let me say it. Let me take decisive action. How are you going to pay for that? And then meanwhile, we got 1.1 trillion. We flushed down the toilet, and Congressman coming on TV 24/7, going, "We can't. What do we do with a balloon? We don't know what to do with a balloon." We okay? And Tapper's like, "Oh, 1.1 trillion. Oh, that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want more? Yeah, of course, of course. Let's give you more. Okay, no pushback. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and then the DOD budget is the one where compromise is. One party proposes 900 million, the other proposes 800 million, and they settle on 1.1 trillion. That's the compromise. <laughs> 100%. But that literally happened. That literally yeah, happens. Yeah. Seriously. So, no, I, my hatred of mainstream media is so intense. And uh, it's like all consuming because once you realize, Look, I, I named uh, the chapter in my book, uh, Justice Coming. You can get it at tyt.com slash justice, pre-order it. Anyway, I named a chapter after the media. I did a chapter on the media and I named it The Matrix, because uh, it is. It's it, You just, instead of the back of your neck, they plug you into the back of your computer or your screen. And then they tell you pretty little lies about how corruption isn't corruption, bribery isn't bribery. Uh, these obvious crooks and scam artists that are politicians are honorable people having real debates, real debates. Uh, so let's go to a principled real debate that I was going to start with. Uh, Tommy Tuberville just saw this story um, uh, saying that uh, the Democrats are pushing for abortion up to and past uh, birth. So, of that course, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Is this like a baby sacrifice thing or yeah. where's, he, where's he going with this? No, but guys, so I don't know if you even you guys know it. I so to be fair, I'm speculating there is not I have not seen a poll on this because probably people thought didn't think to poll it, but I guarantee it. I, I'll you know, I'm ready to make a bet. I'm ready to make a significant bet. A majority of Republicans, I guarantee you, think that Democrats are in favor of abortion, abortion past birth, even though that's literally. By definition, not a thing. An abortion past birth is just called murder. Right? <laughs> That's not an abortion. It has nothing to do with pregnancy. It's an independent human being. And if you, but I guarantee a majority of Republicans believe it. In fact, I tweeted about it, and every right winger is like, oh, yeah, you know, you didn't you hear about Governor Northam in Virginia admitted it, admitted it. Uh, you guys are trying to do abortions in the third year. <laughs> Not just a third trimester, but the third year. We know it. We caught you. Okay. And so, but when I pointed out, and I realized just before we got on air, part of why I get so frustrated and I can't get off of it. So, like, the gaslighting is like the thing that drives everybody crazy, right? That's like, you want to lose your mind, get gaslit, right? 
and mainstream media is the best in the business of gaslighting. And the thing that I realized was driving me the craziest is once I accurately point out what Republicans actually believe, the press gets mad at me, not the Republican. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but but wait a minute. Like, wait, but they they actually like here, let's take a thing that has been polled, okay? Two-thirds of Republicans still believe that Joe Biden didn't win the election, even though you know we've been over this a thousand times. I'm not gonna get back into the facts. But on top of that, 52%, a majority of Republicans believe that Joe Biden organized the riot against himself. <laughs> okay, so now you would have to be a literal lunatic to believe that. The minute I say that, everyone in power, God, you can't say that, Jenk. You can't say that. That is very rude to Republicans. But wait a minute, that senator from Alabama just called me a murderer with made up insane lies. Why is he allowed to call us murderers, but we can't call him a liar or a lunatic, right? That is very offensive to the (laughs) beloved Republican voters. But what's offensive to me is that they're goddamn lunatics. 52% a majority believe Joe Biden was like, all right, guys, I stole the election, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to riot against me, try to prevent me from stealing the election. And so just make sure, and by the way, when you're there, try to kill a lot of my compatriots, my colleagues, Democrats, try to get Pelosi and AOC and stuff. And and so, but good luck, okay? Make sure that you prevent me from becoming president. I will say this though, in, in you know, at the risk of defending Republicans here, um, while obviously it's stupid to think that Joe Biden would organize something like this when like I won, I'm in power, like it doesn't matter, you know, how mad you people are, but it's not past the FBI. Um, we know this from going back decades, you know, um, when, whenever people, whenever they would infiltrate the Black Panther Party, it was always the most incendiary, craziest, you know, um, most insane people were their informants. The people trying to incite bombings and hey, let's go kill a bunch of cops and do that were FBI informants. We've seen them, you know, invent terrorists. From whole cloth, just like dudes are just like managers at Starbucks. And they're just like, hey, you want some bombs? Do you want this? Like, it's not past the feds. And I and I and I feel like it can be hard to separate what the damn <laughs> Federal Bureau of Investigation is doing. Like, it's this documented stuff that they've done. Um, and people conflating that with, well, Joe Biden does that kind of crap. Obviously, it's stupid. I understand how they can conflate it because it, these things have legitimately happened within our government, right? Like the police arm of our government. So, you know, while <laughs> I can't defend all of the thoughts and beliefs of, of Republicans, um, government entities uh, getting citizens to commit crimes would not be the first time that ever happened. And yeah. to that point, 
to that point, I would be shocked if the FBI did not have some of its agents on January 6th. So we're trying to monitor some of these extreme groups and sort of figure out what they were doing. And so what? So what if the FBI did have that? Doesn't mean that the FBI was necessarily carrying it out. But was to your point, I mean, yeah, there is um, there's a great suspicion, deservedly so, in institutions like particularly the FBI and what they've done through the years. I think my issue with with Tommy Tuberville and the um, <laughs> senator from Alabama is that he's He's sort of drifting closer and closer to sort of the QAnon conspiracy mm -hmm. stuff. And, and what I mean is in QAnon, they, they will say that there is abort fetuses to kill young children, to drain the blood and put it in this sort of miracle drug that is supposed to help the elites live forever. And so when Tuberville says, yeah, you know, abortion after birth, he's he's appealing whether he knows it or not, he's appealing to all those people who are convinced that, yeah, there is this global ring to suck children's blood in order to help Democrats live longer. Um, it's Looney Tunes, but there's this huge segment of the Republican Party conservatives who believe this stuff. The same 52% who believe that, you know, Joe Biden didn't win the election or Joe Biden was part of January 6th or that Donald Trump is still running things right now and Donald Trump should get credit for knocking down the balloons or whatever some of these. Precozoids are saying. So, uh, twenty-eight percent of Republicans believe in QAnon, mm -hmm. and um, so uh, uh, we're freezing a little bit. Anyway, twenty-eight percent—that's um, tens of millions of people. Um, what are we looking at? That's uh, at least twenty-five million people. Okay, yeah. and uh, so. When I say, yeah, giant chunk, about a third of the Republican Party are, again, literal lunatics who believe that Democrats are murdering children and drinking their blood, right? Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But mm -hmm. I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy for pointing out things that are indisputably true and pointing out that that you would cut. What is that a, what a mentally healthy person would think? Is that, I mean, so anyways, but the funny thing, I mean, the ironic thing is I think the mainstream media drove them nuts. And then they, instead of being angry and frustrated, like I wasn't diving more into facts and challenging them on the facts, they decided, no, we're gonna, instead we're gonna believe in conspiracy theories and Donald Trump. So anyway, God bless, let everybody yell at me. Yes, okay, well maybe we should debate whether abortion is past birth. Now we have to debate it. Now we have to pretend that Republicans are sane and rational people. Um, they're not. They're just not. And so, um, anyways, look to the point about the FBI. We just did a story the other day uh, where the FBI infiltrated uh, left-wing groups, and uh, in fact, it was a Black Lives Matter group, uh, and they got this uh, guy who's a felon uh, and. Uh, Actually, a deeply racist white guy to infiltrate and uh, and try to get them to buy guns and use it. And then the guy egged him on two thousand percent. He said, "Oh, you gotta use guns. You gotta use violence. You gotta go kill them, right?" And and still, the activists wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And then one guy bought him a gun, which was a mistake, and he realized it was a mistake, and he didn't want to give it to him. But then the guy kept talking about how he was going to kill everybody. He got scared, so he gave him the gun. And they're like, all right, well, this was a total failure, but we don't want to have egg on our face. 
So we're protecting the racist informant that we have. And and so they charged one guy with possession of a gun or etc. Yeah, so is the FBI capable of doing dumb, dirty tricks? F yeah. Could they potentially do them to the right wing? Sure, yeah, they could do them. And in some of the cases that I've seen about the right wing, I, I look at it and go, well, that kind of borders on entrapment, right? So while it's to your point, it's not at all impossible. But the FBI didn't organize thousands and thousands of people on, on January 6th. And Joe Biden certainly didn't, <laughs> like, yeah. more importantly. Yeah. Yeah, and did the FBI convince Donald Trump to give that speech and tell every all of his supporters to show up and then walk to the Capitol and tell him that it's wild? Did the FBI make Donald Trump say to Mark Meadows, "Oh, they're trying to kill Mike Pence"? Uh, well, you know, maybe he had it coming. <laughs> did the FBI do that? No, Trump's a maniac. Anyways, but I, again, I mean, as as you can tell, there's no one in 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 America more frustrated with the right wing than I am. Everybody like. That's super clear, right? Um, but even so, I I say, look, man, I get it. The establishment will drive you nuts. Uh, the mainstream media will drive you out of your mind with their nonstop, not just lies, but the gaslighting. No, no, all of these people in power are wonderful. You should keep them in power. Diane Feinstein's fine, but that's why it's in their name. She's Feinstein, Feinstein. She's she's got, I don't know if it's Alzheimer's dementia or whatever it is. She literally can't remember from one minute to another. They wheel her in and out. It's like weekend at Bernie's. And again, when I say it, I'm the bad guy. No, you guys are the bad guys for wheeling her in and out. It's it's nuts. And we're all supposed to agree that she's fine. I don't agree. I don't agree. You guys are using a person who's in massive cognitive decline. For your stupid corporate agenda, and it's disgusting. Well, speaking of stupidity, and I have a question related to this for both of you, because and I don't I don't know where I come down, but I, to your point, Jank, yes, I think you know the mainstream media drives a lot of this, drives most of it. But I wonder, is it the mainstream media driving it because of an aptitude? In other words, especially in television, I don't think television generally, the broadcast networks, most cable, they don't tend to attract generally the best and the brightest. If you're really smart, <laughs> you don't go into TV. So I wonder if the people who are making these decisions, particularly in broadcast and cable news, well, they're just sort of stumbling into, oh yeah, you can trust the establishment, they're doing good things. Versus is this a deliberate effort by particularly broadcast and cable media because they know where their bread is buttered to say, hey, we have to stamp out through the radicals and the leftists and the progressives. And we have to say, of course, we need to validate the establishment because that's good for us. I'm yeah, absolutely I- um, on the former side. I think it's a mm-hmm. coordinated effort because they're so consistent with it. And any dissenting voice um, in the mainstream, any even hint at radicalism, You are cast aside, you are called a crazy person. And at the end of the day, like it's not hard to understand why they would do this because it's their incentive to. These are businesses. These are, you know, multinational, you know, huge corporations, and their job is to keep the status quo the same because they're winning under said status quo. So, like, it's my belief that, yeah, like they, like, 
the media exists to reinforce the existing system and for no other reason whatsoever. They would never be a force for change. They would never be a force for trying to awake the citizenry to what is going wrong. I'm talking about corporate billion dollar media. They exist to reinforce the system as it exists right now. No changes because they sit at the top of that system because they're making the most money. So like, why would they advocate for anything else than what keeps them fed and rich, right? And so, um, yeah, to me, it's gotta be deliberate because it's like, I, I find it hard to believe that they luck into the stuff that keeps benefiting them, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's um, deliberate. Yeah, look, it's a line I use sometimes on the show, I put it in, in the book. Um, you know who doesn't want to rock the boat? The guy who owns it. <laughs> okay, uh, and so, uh, but I'm positive that the answer is both. And mm -hmm. so the way that it's both is that the guys at the top don't want to hire progressives who are going to raise their taxes and regulate their businesses. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if they're the CEO, they're the board, etc. They, to be fair to them, they'd kind of be nuts to do that, right? They're like, okay, wait, I can maximize my bonus this year if I do stock buybacks and there's no government accountability or checks on my business at all. If we merge with another company, we're gonna be much larger. My bonus is gonna be way larger because the stock price is gonna be higher. All these different things that progressives would prevent me from doing because they'd stick up for the average guy. Well, why the hell would I want that, right? So then, the, so. It's purposeful in that sense, but then the rest is again. I explain in justice is coming. Um, the rest is uh, is the invisible hand of the market. Mm -hmm. uh, so that guy then hires executive producers and publishers and editors that think just like him. Yeah. Then he's not going to hire a person who doesn't think like him. He's going to hire a person that does. Why? I mean, imagine that. Like that corporate CEO who wants to maximize profit for his media company. You think he's going to hire a progressive that is not interested in maximizing profit? No, he's not going to. He's going to hire people who want to maximize profit, right? And how are they going to maximize profit? You're going to drive up ad sales. How are they going to drive up ad sales? Uh, by selling ads to giant multinational corporations, and now their number one clients, politicians, right? Because they buy 17 billion dollars worth of ads now every <clears> cycle. <throat> so. Then they're going to hire producers who think like them, and they're going to hire editors, and they're going to hire reporters, and they're going to hire anchors, and it just trickles all the way down until everybody thinks just like the CEO, just like the owner, which is this current system is awesome. And so that way you don't have to tell Anderson Cooper, hey, remember, defense contractors, great, oil companies, great, progressives that are trying to give universal health care like every other developed nation, radicals, radical. Right, free college. Oh, gee, nobody can afford that. Tax cuts for the rich, totally normal, super normal, trillions of dollars. Right, you don't have to tell Anderson Cooper that he believes that with every fiber of his being. If he heard this conversation, he would be shell shocked, and he would think, "Oh, these guys are crazy conspiracy theorists." They don't get it. Yeah, he'd think like, "Oh, you think a, a for-profit public corporation traded on the stock market?" Is interested in maximizing profit. 
bunch of conspiracy <laughs> theorists. He would, I swear to God, he would say that was a straight face. Like he would be totally scandalized by this conversation. He'd think it was a conspiracy theory. He wouldn't understand it at all. And he had no idea that he was hired because he thinks just like the owner, which makes sense given that he's the heir to the Vanderbilt fortune. So, I mean, I think to 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 David's question, I think what really the late the, the the most recent thing that really put this into focus for me was the rail workers and how that was covered. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, these these people they want to have days off. They want PT. What the hell? These greedy bastards! What is going on? Um. Instead of just being like, well, like these guys get worked to the bone. Uh, the railroads are making more money than they ever have. Uh, they'd like to have some extra help, extra days off, time to spend with their family. A modest bump in pay that comes nowhere close to um, the increase in profits. Like that's not how it gets covered, though. It, it'll get covered on TYT um, that way. It'll get covered on. You know the in the intercept <laughs> that way, uh, but it ain't gonna get covered on MSNBC that way, and and obviously not CNN um, and Fox News. Like that just would never happen. They're always going to the slant will always be towards the money, mm. you yeah. know. And so it's hard for me to see it as anything but deliberate. Yeah, um, I but yeah, but at the anchor reporter level was. I don't know a single. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Think I mean, I don't know a single reporter or on-air pundit or commentator or host who wouldn't be absolutely outraged by what you just said. Incredulous! Wow, incredulous! They would think that it was the craziest thing they ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so because they gaslight themselves, they do. They they genuinely believe it. And look, Sirota and I talked about this. He's been writing a bunch of stories about. Uh, how Buttigieg absolutely positively refuses to regulate the airline industry and the train industry. And we've had all these disasters, the trains, um, uh, the by derailment, the way, yep. the, the derailment in East, apparently not Palestine, but Palestine, the, they say in Ohio. Uh, if you're sure, whatever, <laughs> it lets you sleep at night. Anyway, yeah, and so, uh, and Buttigieg is just like, nope, won't do it. No, they, but they need, Modern breaks. Even the industry officials have admitted they need modern breaks, but they won't do it because they're like, well, the government's not making us do it, and it costs us the 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 derailments and the accidents and the deaths cost us less, way less money than refitting all the trains with modern brakes. Uh, let alone the fact that we're carrying hazardous material, we should use extra caution. But that would also cost money, so we don't want to do it. So instead, you're going to get a giant fireball over Ohio and all these other derailments. And when Sirota, so put me aside, put us, put all three of us aside. When Sirota says, "Hey, Buttigieg should regulate these guys so we don't have giant fireballs over Ohio," mainstream press treats him like he's a Republican, and they're like, "Oh, so you're trying to do a hit job on Buttigieg?" <laughs> Wait, what? Right. <laughs> And I swear to God, guys, none of them understand that they're just protecting the powerful. And they just, by attacking the one guy doing actual journalism, the one guy who's actually exposing what the government is doing wrong, which is what the the whole point of the press, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. 
okay? And well, I would say there's actually, I would say there's actually two ways they're doing it. One is, of course, yeah, attacking David Sirota. But I think the other part about it is simply the act of omission, right? And I don't think there was a Sunday show this past weekend that mentioned what was going on in Ohio. And I don't think there's been more than a story or two on MSNBC or CNN. God forbid, you know, Fox News, forget about it. But MSNBC or CNN, we're talking about one of the biggest environmental catastrophes, you know, 100 million gallons or whatever it is of this, you know, chloride stuff, which is now in the Ohio basin. There hasn't been a mention of it on CNN or MSNBC. Why? To mention it? Does that make us a radical? Because we're talking about, you know, the health. Now, guys, okay, let's. Let, let's go to other fun, fun political topics because we clearly live under corporate rule, and so all of you guys, <laughs> you know that. And 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 mainstream media is not the press; they're they're the marketing arm of corporate rule. Okay, they're the matrix that's supposed to put you back to sleep. And so and so, as much as I get so frustrated, so angry at our Republican brothers and sisters because they have in fact lost their minds. I feel bad. I get it, man. I get why they lost their minds. And I so they had the right instinct. They just took it in the wrong direction. All right. Anyway, um, so uh, Trump's got a new nickname for uh, Ron DeSantis. It's Meatball Ron. Okay. <laughs> this is better I mean, than Teabag. Yeah. So good. So. I mean, that is so good, isn't it though? But yeah. isn't it? Yes. That's the one upside of Trump, man. He's <laughs> fun and MAGA likes fun. Every day, I become more convinced this race is already over, man. And we're Dude, all, we're all. When screwed. when he dropped um, after Biden's State of the Union, you know, he's on Truth Social, and he's referring to somebody as Pocahontas. And I was like, wait, is he like beefing with Nikki Haley? I don't know why Nikki Haley came to mind. And I was like, oh my God, he's talking about Elizabeth Warren. This guy is relentless. <laughs> Just relentless. Like I I've completely forgotten about the whole, you know, Native American, indigenous people lie or whatever it is, or fabrication or embellishment on some applications. Like I I put that out of my mind so long ago that I, I forgot who the reference was even mm. to. And he's calling this lady Pocahontas on true social. That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> yeah. I look, I know I know the right wing love it. And and I know that's appeals to people. And even like the crazy stuff that he does where he doesn't even mean to be funny, he is funny, right? Yeah. And the one the example I always use is the when he's you know uh, introducing the Paralympic athletes. Uh, and he's like, we're very proud of them. I was watching the other day, well I couldn't watch too long, you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Who says that, right? <laughs> so Ron DeSantis is a is goner. He's a goner. He's a meatball. He's yeah. just a meatball waiting to get served up. Okay. They say he's gonna wait till May or June to announce. Dude, there ain't gonna be no May or June for you, man. By that time, you're gonna be, uh, you know, you're gonna be the appetizer. <laughs> you're, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, DeSantis isn't some exceptionally charismatic or whatever kind of dude. He's kind of governed by troll, and you know he's un, he he's he's been savvy enough to understand you got to win the attention game, and doing absolutely crazy stuff gets you attention. And so all of the stunts that he's pulled has been to make himself into some sort of political celebrity because that counts as much as damn near anything else does. And so he's done a good job of um, sort of making a name for himself in the press and getting people to be like, oh my God, Ron DeSantis is taking on wokeness in Florida colleges and universities. And Ron DeSantis with the don't say gay and wow, he's really, he's conservating it up. Oh my Lord, oh my goodness. The second that guy stands on a stage next to Donald Trump, he's going to get blown to smithereens. He's not, I agree 100%. And especially when you look at, I mean, Ron DeSantis is prickly. Uh, he's not the happy warrior that some people attribute to say, you know, Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, people who mm. can sort of slice and dice and lie and, and laugh at the same time. Ron DeSantis has a constant grimace. He's constantly angry. <laughs> and so he's not gonna come across very well just because of that, being on the same stage next to a smiling Donald Trump. But I, I think to your point, I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get ground up and spit out faster than he knows what even happened to him. Um and it's weird you think about it. I mean, the New Hampshire primary, the Republican Party is less than let's see, 23, yeah, less than a year. So yeah, these campaigns start to really you know, a lot of us are going to be spending a lot of time starting in the spring and the summer looking at these campaigns. And DeSantis, I think to your point, the longer that he waits, I think the bigger disaster it is for him. I think he should, you know, politically, he should probably get out there now and sort of realize that he's in over his head and that he's going to get crushed. Um, but he's not he's not that sophisticated politically, I think, to, to figure it out. Um, look, I don't think, by the way, again, if you're in DC and you're about to, you're in a green room in a cable news outlet, CNN, MSNBC doesn't matter, CNBC. Uh, if they heard what we're saying, they'd be like, "Watch of weirdos." DeSantis already won this thing. What are, what are they talking about? <laughs> we're done with Trump. No, no, Trump's embarrassing. No, he's very embarrassing. You know, we we've already decided it's DeSantis. Yeah, I remember you. Idiots saying the same exact thing about Jeb Bush, Jeb, and and yeah. Marco Rubio, Jeb and Rudy Giuliani. Remember Rudy yeah. Giuliani? And like he got, you know, he didn't get a single vote. Yeah. Uh, and he had like the famous lead that I think it was like Margaret Carlson or somebody wrote when Rudy Giuliani took his campaign to Florida, and that lead was something like, you know, Rudy Giuliani after not getting any delegates in New Hampshire, or South Carolina, went to Florida where New Yorkers go to die. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the only thing people really remember about his campaign is that he didn't get a single delegate. Yet I had a colleague of mine, one of the you know big on-air hosts, you can probably guess which one, Jack at MSNBC, said, "Oh no, Rudy Giuliani's gonna be the nominee. He's gonna be the nominee." What? <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. I wrote about it in the book. The the For money sure. the money is certainly behind <laughs> Ron DeSantis. Like the the money loves him, um, and he's gonna be his operation will be very well funded, if absolutely nothing else. You know, um, they they've they you know they've decided like, and you saw it after the midterms where even Fox News was trying to throw Trump under the bus, uh, for. The Republicans not completely kicking the Democrats' butts, um, which again is an indication that the powers that be, 
the real operators within the establishment are like, yeah, let's start tarnishing this guy. We'd rather not be dealing with him anymore. And that's all well and good, but the people, oh my goodness, they still love Donald Trump. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We have another giant problem, which is that Democrats are not allowed to have fun. Democrats mm. are super boring, okay? <laughs> and like, like let's say that somebody had a quarter of the like dramatic statements that I make or histrionics or you put a disparaging words on. I don't mind, right? They'd be run out of the they'd be run out of the Democratic Party. If that guy is interesting. He's entertaining. He's get him out. Get him out. Get, not a serious person. Not serious. We need someone serious like Adam Schiff. So just lull everyone to sleep. <laughs> I don't believe Adam Schiff has said one funny thing in his entire life. Okay. And so, I mean, somebody wrote in, and there's a lot of people writing in about a lot of things, but um, Shy Coltrane 42 said Feinstein, Pelosi, and Schumer are combined 235 years old. <laughs> but that's not hyperbole, that's literal. Christ, time for them, for them to step aside. Okay, who are 35 years old combined? Okay, so and but if there's an entertaining Democrat, first of all, I haven't met him, but second of all, <laughs> uh, if they exist, they'd be run out of the party. They would, we don't need this kind of clownishness. Okay, I mean, like, for example, when I call Donald Trump, it's not that entertaining, but I put a silly label on him, um, a loser Donald, right, before 2016, right. And I put wanted to put a simplistic thing like Donald Trump does, et cetera, right? Oh, people hated that. I mean, I, I when I talk to reporters and stuff, they're like, it's very unbecoming. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, look, it's one of our viewers came up with a good uh, idea for Donald Trump's nickname, Meatloaf Don, <laughs> right? Uh, but if you had a Democratic nominee running in the primary, and they kept calling Trump Meatloaf Don, the press would instantly stop covering them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. And you know, don't worry about me getting worked up inside. No, seriously, am I wrong? I, I feel like the press would say, no, lost all credibility, gone. Yeah, and, and the people that are legitimately exciting, people like John Fetterman, <clears throat> They don't give support from um, the party establishment, uh, and and that's because the, he doesn't come out of their world, the freaking consultant world, uh, just the, just you know focus group to death. These people, right? Like the the Buttigieg types. That's who that's who they welcome into the club. Pete Buttigieg type of guys. Hawk Jeffries, who's about as corporatist as they come. He's black, so he's got some patina of radicalness, allegedly. Just because he's black and he'll rap um, on the floor in Congress, we're supposed to be, you know, sort of incepted into thinking that this guy actually is anything but the hugest corporate shill, one of the biggest corporate shills in the whole party, right? And those are the people that they want to offer us up. You know, um, I actually, to be honest, I actually like Warnock. Um, I'm I'm an atheist, but I like that he comes from a world, um, the freaking Christian church world that is apart from that consulting class that I just hate. You know, um, at least he's got that. 
you know, of course he went to the right schools and all of that kind of stuff, but at least he's of a world that's separate from those people. Um, but but Shake is completely right. They only like their own, and these people stink. <laughs> they just <Yeah>. do. <laughs> no, it's hopeless. And look, Warnock. I mean, what is has Warnock ever done anything interesting? I mean, no. as a politician, before in his life he did interesting things, right? Yeah. But as a politician, nothing. And Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, I read a story where it was. You're not exaggerating. They literally were like, they had absolutely nothing. To show that he was radical or progressive no. in any way, shape, or form. In fact, there's like overwhelming evidence that he has fought progressives tooth and nail in yes. primaries and legislation, etc. So, in order to prove that he was a hip black guy who's progressive, they said, "Oh, he once quoted a rap lyric." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear this Wu Tang Clan is <laughs> nothing to mess around with. <laughs> right. I look, man. I these are the kind of things that get you canceled on mainstream media because they hate substance and they love BS theatrics. But I don't care that Hakeem Jeffries is black. I care if Hakeem Jeffries is helping other black folks, mm. and he isn't. So yeah, I spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! He's not. <laughs> spoiler alert! Exactly. There's yeah. no chance in hell if this guy had progressive politics that Nancy Pelosi would have just ceded the throne to this dude. That's right. No shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they sound like Fox News saying, "No, we have Wajid Wajid over here. He's a Muslim, and he says all Muslims suck." Okay. Now we have Hakeem Jeffries over here, and he says corporate tax cuts are great. But remember, everybody, he's black. Okay, yeah. Okay, keep it, keep it. Uh, <laughs> I was about to give Hakeem a, uh, a nickname, but that'll really get you kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Jank. No, 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 Jank. You can't do that. Is that that'll be racist? Of course. Of course. Um, any right. critique of. Of a Democrat who is anything but white is is racist. We know that. Of course. Now, of course, when they critique me and I'm not white, um, <laughs> eh, that's fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> all right, guys, we got to go to the next episode. Uh, if that went by in a minute, uh, and we're gonna have uh, more fun there. One of the things I was gonna ask, and I'm gonna ask in the next episode, is uh, since uh, we're talking about nicknames, worst nickname, best nickname you've ever gotten in your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, and then I want to see what, what you guys think of the Jesus ad because that's uh, been, especially because you're doing woke bros, you know, was and so, <laughs> uh, and you know, I, I, Charlie Kirk said it was that the good Christian folks uh, at that organization got tricked by the woke tricksters. So I'm, I'm assuming that's you, was. Of course okay. it is. Okay, all right. So we're gonna talk about all that in the next episode. TYT.com slash join to get the next episode. That's just for members. And before we go, I want to thank Cam, who became a member. I want to thank Biden Flavor Corn Pop for the softball plug of Too Strong Coffee, where they said Too Strong Coffee time again. There you go. Okay, Too Strong Coffee.com slash TYT. But mainly, I wanted to remember so the thugs at shoptyt.com don't get on my ass. Uh, that because of our 21st year anniversary, which is tomorrow, you can celebrate by getting exclusive Shop TYT merch. What do we got there? We got uh, shot glasses. That, actually, I definitely want that. 
bottle openers, beer cups, all launching tomorrow on our birthday, 21st birthday. We can finally drink, get all your drinking paraphernalia at shoptyt.com. And uh, David Schuster, Wazin Lombre, and Kebab Jenk. We'll see you guys in the next episode. School of Members Only episode, Jank Uger, Wazin Labre, David Schuster with you guys, Rebel Headquarters, The Ringer, Woke Bros, TYT. Just mix them up, mix them up, just use them all and then see what you come up with, okay? Um, so, um, some of my nicknames, we were talking about Meatball Ron. Some of my nicknames have been things like uh, Chunka Hunka, Chunky Hunky, uh, Wink, Pinky, Felix. I'll tell you the ones that uh, I like most and I like least. But uh, I'm curious, David Schuster, whether you've had nicknames and which one was your favorite or least favorite if you had a couple. A couple, I mean, growing up, a lot of people would just call me the shoe or little shoe because I had an older brother and a younger brother who was actually <laughs> bigger than me and I adored them both and they got the name the shoe. So I was a little shoe, so I always found that sort of affectionate. Um, once in high school, somebody called me Blueberry because I was on the swim team and I had a blue cap. And they thought I looked like a blueberry going through the water. And I didn't think that was very funny because of all the terms for a blueberry. <laughs> and then uh, in college, um, a couple of my friends called me the party piranha because allegedly I had stolen somebody's girlfriend or date or something <laughs> at some sort of party. And therefore I was the party piranha, um, which I thought I wasn't violent about it. I thought I was smooth. So anyway. Yeah, First of all, um, <laughs> that's, that's badass, David. I didn't know you were that. I now have way more respect for you uh, <laughs> that you're the party piranha. Okay, it was so that's a long, long, long time ago. Those, you know, those fish have been dead for a long time. Trust me. Okay, <laughs> and uh, you're the original Wednesday. If either of you watched that that show <laughs> with the piranhas, but anyway, uh, and uh, blueberry. I don't. Uh, is there? This is the members only episode. We curse and everything. I don't know what a blueberry is. Is what's the is that a there must be a dirty thing for for that? Well, have you ever heard of blueberry balls? Blue I've balls. heard of blue balls, but right? I mean, it's, it means you know it's, it's short for blueberry balls. So I guess the theory, huh. you know, was that if you're, somebody calls you a blueberry, it's because that you've got some sexual impotency or whatever <laughs> it is. At least that's the way it was explained to me when they were being very derogatory about calling me blueberry. Blueberry. What? Okay, so at least I'm glad I never got called blueberry. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know. Although I did get Pinky, which we'll we'll explain in a minute. But uh, all right. So those those were good. Little shoe, nice job. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Big Waz, how about you? Um, Big Waz was actually that that nickname was given to me by my boy Dan Angelastro um, in freshman football. And mind you, he was our left tackle, and he was way bigger than I was. But he just called me Big Waz, and it and it just stuck. It just, you know, and just whatever. So that's what people call me. And then that same year, freshman year, because I played on the defensive line, our D line coach was this guy named Jenkins. What was his name? Jenkinson or I forget his name, but his nickname for me was Kamikaze Swazi. <laughs> Even though my name is Wozni. And he just did he just couldn't say my name, but he called me Kamikaze. That's what he called me. And I'll never forget my boy Kwak Lu was on the defensive line um with us. And and coach was like, see, I'd call him kamikaze, but that'd be racist. Um so yeah. <laughs> so that that was those are that's the only nickname I can think of 
um, that anybody called me that I was just like, wow, that that's strange. Um, my, my family calls me Wowo because like anytime your name starts with a W-O or R-O and you're Haitian, your nickname is automatically going to be Wowo. So my family, that's my nickname with my family, my Haitian family members, everybody calls me that. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically the list right there. That's a good list. No, there's one more, The Wizard of Waz. Oh yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. And then um I had a at a school project once um where we had to invent our own country and I named my country Wasnia, like Bosnia. Yeah, of course, of course. All right. Yes. So let me run by like I'm only gonna remember at most two thirds of my nicknames because I've had a million. Let me run them by you and see first have you guys pick which one you think is the best and worst. And then I'll tell you the stories behind why would, uh, they were good or bad. So uh, Felix, Pinky, Wink, Chunky Hunky, um, uh, man, I'm blank. Sanka, um, I'll say right off, right off the bat, Pinky's bad. It just Pinky's bad. Felix, like Oscar and Felix. That's also bad. I think Chunky <laughs> Hunky's pretty good because maybe somebody say, "Hey, you're a big guy, but you're you're a hunky guy." Is is Sanka some kind of like is that a, like a ethnic sort of thing going on with that? Oh, the uh, Django, Django's another one. Um, so Sanka was because I made the mistake of winning like a math contest in the county or something. And uh, and our principal was doing announcements in elementary school, and he's like, and we'd like to congratulate the winner of the math contest, Sanka Wigger. <laughs> and so then that got me called Sanka for half a year or something, right? Uh, so hey, you, you guys remember though? the coffee? You have brand, a nickname Sanka. for the principal? I don't remember the principal's name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember other names. We had Miss Elefante, we had Mr. Popowski, who was our science teacher, and I remember that was one of the first times like I ran into real life. Even though I worked for in construction with my dad for like since like twelve, and that was real life. And I used to know real guys, you know, recovering alcoholics and all. You know, that that was real, right? But I still lived a pretty sheltered life. And I remember senior year, I finally saved enough money, and me and and a couple of guys are taking our girlfriends out. I don't know, maybe pre prom to a fancy dinner, which was like at Bennigan's or something. I, it was like a Bennigan's equivalent, and that was fancy to us, right? And uh, and I saw Mr. Popowski, my fifth grade science teacher, tending bar. Mm. That threw me for a loop. I was like. <laughs> Mr. Popowski, what are you doing here, right? And he's like, well, you know, it doesn't teaching doesn't pay that much, so this is my second job. I'm I'm a bartender. And in my mind, in my little fifth grade mind, Mr. Popowski was like this revered figure. He taught science. He was a scientist, right? Actually, he was a chemist. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and uh, and he did mix those uh, drinks up and stuff, but. Uh, but yeah, I, then that's when I realized, oh yeah, maybe life is not as I thought it was. Mm. And 
maybe these revered figures wind up having to be bartenders because life could maybe is a little shitty. Yeah, pretty much all of my basketball coaches um, tended bar on the weekends, like um, in Bayside, Queens. Um, all of them, pretty much all of them, did that. Um, and even like I remember one of my coaches, Tommy Regan, was uh, he was a fireman, but I don't think he tended bar on the weekend. I think it's just on Saturday morning practices he was just hungover <laughs> from being <Yeah>. at bars. <laughs> But um, he was a fireman and he was our JV basketball coach. He was he was a really intense guy, but like really cool, really nice dude. Um, and when you talk about school figures, it made me think of um, my, the, the, the dean at my school was this guy named Ted John. And um, you know, white guy was in the weight room after school every single day. Uh, like really jacked dude, right? Just older though. He was he had to be in his like 50s when I was, you know, freshman, sophomore, whatever. And I remember getting having a conversation with him, and like, you know, a fight had broke out the day before, and he was like, "Yeah, you guys got to stay out of fights," and blah 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 blah. I was like, I was like, Ted John, like, you know, sometimes you can't avoid fighting. Like sometimes a fight just has to happen. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, but but let's just say you run into a guy, say a guy like me. A guy you probably couldn't handle. <laughs> do, you, do you think that would still be a good idea? I just remember him, you know, quite subtly saying he could kick my ass and I wouldn't want to fight him. <laughs> yeah, well, we had one of those guys, but I actually, my my, he was my offensive line coach, Mr. Morris, and he was not subtle. O line coaches mm. are are the most psychotic people. Them and the strength coach. Are the most psychotic people on the football team, so that does not surprise me one bit. No, but yeah. By the way, our strength coach was a cartoon character. He was this giant upper body, like a rectangle, but like a big, solid rectangle, and had the skinniest legs you've ever seen, like like an anorexic woman's. I don't know if that's offensive these days. Anyway, but like <laughs> yeah. thin rail legs. And I was like, this guy. He's at what? You just see he stepped out of like Hanna Barbera, right? He got he's got to invest in those calf implants. Yeah, <laughs> uh, apparently. But Mr. Morris used to always threaten to fight people, so of course I thought I'll be your Huckleberry. I won't be your Blueberry, but I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> okay, and and so him and me once uh, wrestled after school, and I gave him a run. He's a big guy, and I gave him a run for his money, and he was like, "Oh, you ain't nothing to fuck with." Hakeem Jeffries could rap about this later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I remember one time there's this kid who's kind of a burnout and uh, he's causing trouble in gym class. He's being a real dick, right? And Mr. Morris is telling him, shut up and stuff. And he's also a gym teacher, of course. And so the kid won't do it. And then the kid goes, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Hit me? I'll sue you. And Mr. Morris looks at him and goes, Good, then I'll get my money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Then that actually very literally scared the shit out of the kid. (laughs) And he didn't say anything after that. (laughs) Okay. That was the old school. I like old school, man. I know it's wrong. I know you're not supposed to threaten to kick the shit out of your students, but. A strategic threat of violence every now and again in a kid's (laughs) life is sometimes necessary. Yeah. So uh, look, uh, of my the ones the nicknames I didn't like were uh, yeah Pinky 
And that one I've told before, my mom, my mom, that's the thing with my mom. She always said everything's gonna be all right. But like, not because she thought it through and she had a plan and she had a backup plan. That's what I would do, right? No, she says everything's gonna be all right because she's bullshitting. Uh, <laughs> and I love my mom, but she just thought that was normal. Like, yeah, well, you're just supposed to reassure people by telling them things are gonna be all right. Well, you know full well they're not gonna be all right. She uh, put in red socks with my football outfit. And so football <laughs> outfit was white, came out pink, right? And she's like, no, 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 it's white. It's gonna be all right, it's white. And I was like, it doesn't look white, it looks pink. But if my mom says it's white, I guess it's white. God, I was such a sucker. Man, I was so naive, okay? And I go to practice, I put it on, and people just started laughing hysterically. And uh, and then I got called, called Pinky for half a fucking year, uh, okay? But that was, wasn't as bad, and I mean, I laughed it off. What are you gonna do, right? And um, and I hit people hard, so it's okay. Like if I didn't hit people hard, then Pinky can hurt your feelings, right? But if Pinky's, you know, broke your back the other day, well, okay, then it's kind of an ironic thing. Um, well, so, Jen, also Pinky's. That's better to be called Pinky because of the color pink as opposed to Pinky in terms of like size. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. No, luckily, no one knew the size of my dick. <laughs> Now I don't say luckily because I'm worried about it. God bless. Okay, would have been a nice treat, but <laughs> luckily I was never in a situation where it had to be like, oh, okay, let's see what Sanka's got. So you know, you know what's so funny about that too is that football, like, there's a lot of nudity in football locker rooms, especially like there's just a culture around football where guys just. Do that kind of stuff. It's it's very homoerotic in that way. I just happen to be somebody who never participated. Like I wasn't some exhibitionist, but I played with a bunch of guys who were. Um, a guy by the name of Joseph Boca, rest in peace, um, was a great guy. Um, but he had these abnormally huge testicles. Like <laughs> it was abnormal like 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 it came so far down and he had this thing that he would do he would make sure he got to the locker room first so that as people were were walking in he would be bent down with his balls between his legs closed and he called it a fruit basket <laughs> this is this is what went down in football like this is the kind of stuff that people did like people had no idea how crazy you know, you get a bunch of young dudes around each other and the stupidity that will ensue. Oh, okay. Now you're gonna make me tell lots of stupid football stories. So <laughs> I'm so and, and this is now we have a theme, which is Jenks naivete as he was growing up, right? Uh so I remember the first time I was in a locker room and people got naked. Uh I just I didn't know it was gonna happen. So <laughs> kinda, like remember, at some point is your first time in a male locker room. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah of course. Yeah, and and so it must have been junior high because I played football in junior high, and that's I remember people were naked. And I remember the first time I saw it, I remember thinking that clearly the one word in my mind, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Why have these people gotten naked? I don't understand. Do you guys not like are are they poor? Do they not have showers at all? <laughs> they just go shower at home. It's, it's yeah, cold. it's fine. I'm like. I, I almost wanted to whisper, like, guys, I mean, I feel bad, but I got a shower at home. You guys got showers at home? 
Okay, I remember the the quarterback. He was kind of a little guy, and and he's walking around totally naked. And I kept thinking, like, did you run out of clothes? Like, I just didn't know what was happening at all. I was so confused by it. And so I was like, no, I'm not into it. And then, um, and then, football players, man, some of them are great, and some of them are. Dicks. And so, <laughs> so I remember I would like, even though they're my age or some of them were even younger, but I was I was kind of a nerd. So even though I was a good player, I wasn't in the cool kids club, right? So I just kind of hang out on the corner sometimes as we're waiting to get picked up after practice. And I'd like lean in and hear their stories from over the weekend and the parties and stuff, right? And I was like, holy shit, they're doing that. Okay. <laughs> And God, I was such a little nerd. And and I remember one guy was like, he had had he got this girl to give him oral sex, right? And and I and I knew the girl, and then the girl's hot, right? And I'm like, oh wow, okay. And I'm like, I, you know, I I guess, uh, you know, Mike's in for a treat. They're gonna be such a good couple. And. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, so he then he finished the story with, and then I roll over and I say, "Hey, Marcy, this shit ain't working out." Okay, <laughs> and then everybody laughs and they're like, "Oh, where to go, Ronnie or Mikey or whatever the fuck your name is?" Right? I forget. <laughs> anyway, and I was like, "Well, that seems rather rude." <laughs> like she's done you what I consider to be an enormous favor. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, at least have the decency to like blow her off or something, right? And you know, it's like have some sort of denouement two two weeks later. I don't know, right? But so I was just, uh, I was a I was a babe in the woods, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that leads to like one of my favorite and one of my least favorite. Pinky, not the least favorite. My favorite, my least favorite was Wink, because here we are at the. A homecoming game, senior year, we uh, got these cool outfits. Our special teams was called the Jesse James Gang, right? And so, and we had these cutoff sleeves, no sleeves, Jesse James Gang t-shirts that we had made. We're a really good team, uh, and uh, and I'm on the special teams uh, and uh, with some of the good players and stuff. And we come out in those Jesse James Gang shirts and. And the coach is announcing to the whole. The stadium is filled, right? Uh, and he. And by the way, the, our parents were supposed to join us. And then you walk with your parents. And then Coach Borden decided he's going to give everybody a nickname, right? And most of the nicknames didn't even exist. A lot of them did, but half of them didn't exist. And so, by the way, my parents, of course, are late. They're always late. Um, and so. Right as he's announcing me, they start running onto the field, and I'm Uger. I'm like one of the last ones. So they're there, and I see my mom and dad running out. They're like, "Wait for us, we made it." Anyways, and then Borden's like, "All right, Jank, Wink, Uger." It's like everybody's like, "Who the fuck is Wink?" <laughs> right? I'm like, I actually have like seven nicknames on the team. And why would you like? I don't. No one has ever called me that before. No one's ever called me that after. I don't know why he did it, but it to me it represented. I don't give a fuck about this guy. 
Mm. <laughs> like I didn't even bother asking the defensive coach, hey, does he have a nickname? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm your middle linebacker. Fucking figure it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, but Felix, funny enough, David, you you mentioned yes, it's from Oscar and Felix, and it's was my defensive coach gave it to me because he's like, fuck this. Hey, Unger. Okay, and of course the odd couple, Felix Unger, and then but on day one he switched it from Unger to Felix. And then he called me Felix, and then the football team mainly called me, other than the pinky and the thing and this and that, mainly called me Felix for like six years, right? Wow. And uh, and I don't know why, but I kind of liked it. I liked that it was a different name entirely. And were you uh, were you a neat freak in the locker room, or is it just totally? No, you were younger. That's why, one hundred percent. American dude can't figure out a Turkish name. This <laughs> big, <laughs> the closest one. I don't blame him. And I now looking back at it, I wonder if I liked having an American name, like a white name, you know? Maybe I did. Look, I, I can absolutely relate to that. I remember asking my dad, I was just like, dude, why didn't you just name me like James or some shit? Like what what were you doing? What were you thinking? He's like, what? You don't like your name? I think it's great. I'm like, I, I don't not like it, but it's difficult for people to pronounce my freaking name. Every single person you meet, you gotta say your name four times, and then they you gotta listen to them mess it up five times. It's just it's just awful. And I especially when I was young, like now it doesn't matter, right? Like as an adult, it's just like who cares, right? Like there's no awkwardness, there's no anxiety around it. But when I was younger, I literally just hated introducing myself to people because it would just take so long for them to get my freaking name right. And I just remember asking my dad and he he just couldn't even understand why I would want a normal name or excuse me, mm. an American sounding name. Yeah, although to be fair to your dad, Wozni's a really cool name. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I've, I've I've grown into the name. We'll say that. But you know, first day of school, I've said this a million times, was just a freaking nightmare. You know, because my last name starts with an L, so I'm not in the beginning. I'm not at the end. I'm just sort of right in the middle, just waiting for it. Just waiting. Just like, all right. As soon as this teacher starts squinting at her call sheet, I have to go. Yeah, that's me. And then you know, in high school, you do that like. Eight times throughout the course of the day <laughs> on the first day of school. But yeah, nowadays it's just like whatever, you know? Yeah. No, Big Waz, uh, I got to you. That's exactly how I felt. So I was at the end of the alphabet. So I'd have to wait, 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 wait. And here she goes. She's on T. Hold up now. Hold up. Okay. I got to wait to raise my <laughs> hand because the minute she starts struggling, right? Because she's seeing the C. I'm like, that's me. It's Jank Uger. The C is pronounced like a J. It's, short, <laughs> like, it's like short for Jank. It isn't, but it's like it. Because if you don't tell them the short for Jenkins thing, they're gonna go to Sank, Yank, Hank. They're gonna go to it. Everybody knows it. Okay. So, but I got so used to it. I thought that was normal. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Whenever you meet anyone, you struggle for four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> to understand your name, and then you move on. I didn't even think it was like what water. Right, um, and so um, yeah, that's why. I, but until this moment, I never thought about that. I like I might have liked Felix because it was a normal sounding name. 
That's a good, and it's a good name to have on a on a football team, I'd say, because it is, you know, there's something a little bit sort of a killer about it. Like Felix is sort of soft-spoken, understated. And then if you're playing linebacker, you don't mess with Felix. It's so funny. I love the football stories because our football team in high school, I wasn't on the football team. I was on the tennis team, which played the same season. And our football team, at least for a couple of years, they sucked. And the only football story I really sort of remember is um, – Freshman year, my dad was so proud because I played varsity tennis freshman year. I was a really good tennis player. And so my dad got me one of those Letterman jackets, which used to be really popular in the Midwest. So I wear my Letterman jacket. I'm in the library and some, you know, I'm, I'm a tiny guy. You know, when I'm a freshman in high school, I may be like 5'2 or whatever it is. And this big hulking football player comes up and says, you got a varsity letter? You, what sport do you play? And I said, oh, I'm on the tennis team. You know, we went 12 and 2 this season. How many victories did the football team get? <laughs> and they had gotten a big zero that year. And this guy, wow. I thought he was literally going to kill me if I had not been in the library. And then he's at, <clears throat> then he's asking my name and enough sense to give like a buddy's name in case somebody's name got called out. And he wanted to kill somebody. Okay, yeah. That by the way, that your buddy appreciated that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so no, you know what? That would confound him and throw him for a loop. I, I like that thing. Good strategy. Um, so. Uh, yeah, the, so I got one more football story for you. Yeah, I got two more. Look, it's funny because I think I'm a good guy, right? And I like being kind to people. And when I make other people happy, I uh, I get happy. So I'm that kind of guy. But at the same time, I like winning, and I like you know, especially when I was younger. The reason I played football is because I needed a legitimate outlet for my violence, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I I was a young man, and I liked physicality, right? And so um, I remember those Cerebral guys. Um, and so Cerebral's where is where Bon Jovi's from. They're very close to my hometown, East Brunswick. So we used to play them every year. And those poor sons of bitches had their homecoming when we came to visit them. And uh, they were the Cerebral Bombers or something, and they had all these. They all had these berets on. And they did this big giant celebration before the game. I was like, every part of this is a bad idea, man. You're playing against us. We're like a nationally ranked team. We're gonna maul you guys. And you got your berets on, right? <laughs> and we beat them so bad they put me in at running back. I was like, wow. Oh, man, I was like third string fullback, and I'm carrying the ball. Okay, like, and so we. I think we beat them 45 nothing. Okay. And uh, and I liked it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes me a bad guy, but I like that we beat those beret motherfuckers 45 nothing. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what that makes. No, nah, that just makes you a football player, bro. It's it's that's that's just that's just how it goes. Um, and especially if you have a distaste for your rival, like a lot of times, you know, you it's a game you want to win, and you know you want to get get in and get the hell up out of there. But like when you really hate these guys, and oftentimes, sometimes, you know, like Holy Cross was our rival high school, and they were like literally a mile down the road from us, and they would come to our school and d try to date our women and all of that. So there was like. There was like a legitimate animosity towards these guys. So like, it, you know, it meant something more um, the football and basketball games that we played against those guys because, you know, the proximity and just the, the hatred was 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 real. <laughs> you know, it was, it was it was serious. Yeah. 
I remember uh, getting back to the huddle after I ran in the back of my offensive lineman as usual. Um, so uh, I don't know why. I like I just didn't concentrate on. I'm, I'm starting defensive player. That there's not a lot of guys who go both ways on our team, so I'm paying no attention to offense. I wish I had. I wish I had. But man, I couldn't find a hole of my life depending on it. <laughs> and and I remember Zolan yelling at me, going. Felix, that's the first fucking time we ever opened up a hole. We're the third string line, and you couldn't <laughs> find it. <laughs> so that's how bad we beat Cerebral. Um, and what one last one, John Ritchie, since you're naming names, I'm now naming names. So he was an Italian feller from Jersey. I mean, just as Jersey as you'll ever find, right? And he was a he was a guy that was stuck right in the middle, right? Like he was kind of bulky, but not bulky and strong and fast enough to be a good football player. So he's kind of third string, etc., right? Uh, and he was smart, and he was in some of the honors classes, but not all the honors classes. So he just kind of fell into that mid zone where he wasn't quite a nerd, he wasn't quite a jock, he wasn't quite anything. And you know, you my school had 700 people per class. We're a mm -hmm. giant school, right? So you're gonna get lost in the shuffle there. Anyway, but I like John, John was a good guy. And he was one of the few like uh, nerd adjacent guys I could talk to on the team. And uh, but I remember being shocked. It was apparently my childhood was filled with shocks, right? Because John comes in the locker room one day and somebody's talking about how they performed oral sex on a woman. And, and John goes, you did what? That's disgusting. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm like, wait, is it? <laughs> Dude, Jank, I've heard dudes in high school say performing on sex on a woman is gay. Yes. <laughs> like, That's why I brought this up. Like, like what? <laughs> yeah. So then John says, hey, that's that's kind of gay. <laughs> and, and I was like, I should first of all, I should be so lucky. Yeah. Okay, and right. I should be so gay. <laughs> like, how do I make that happen? Um, and so, but just like a week ago, I randomly go down the rabbit hole of Roman history because I, you know, why I was working on the book. I had to procrastinate for like half an hour, right? I had to just not think about the book for half an hour. So I'm reading Roman history. Then I get into sexual Roman history, obviously. Mm, okay, this kind of history. Yeah, and so get a load of this, and then I realize where it comes from because John is Italian. Okay, it comes all the way back from Roman culture. So in Roman culture, they did not have a word for homosexual. Um, and they didn't understand, there was no concept of homosexual. But there was the concept of being masculine and feminine. And that was based on penetration or you get penetrated, okay? Mm -hmm. So they, and, and in essence, that became gay or not gay, right? Mm -hmm. Weak, effeminate, et cetera, is this kind of same stereotypes they would put on the person being penetrated as the one who is gay, right? And they viewed oral sex as a bigger penetration. Mm. And they viewed the woman's body as dirtier than the man's body. So if you had anal sex with a guy and you were delivering, mm -hmm. that was not gay. Yeah, but if you ate a woman out, yeah. that was gay. 
So oral sex on a woman's gay, but having anal sex with a guy not gay. That's amazing. <laughs> Go figure. So no. your friend, how did that follow up on your football team? I mean, so what that? But two thousand years later, culture rains down on us, and that Italian kid in New Jersey still thinks that eating a woman out is gay because it's the lowest form of sex, the most weak, the most effeminate form of sex. So he thinks if you're with a woman like that, you're gay. Dude, in high school, people thought, people would say, not that they legitimately thought this, because I'm convinced it was just you know bluster from young high school age men, but they would say that masturbating was gay. <clears throat> if you touch yourself, you're gay. Like this is the the lunacy um, of high school, and it's why I think like parents really need to talk to their kids about sex. Like, like son, if 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 you you know if you have a, a mate or whatever, and you guys are doing that kind of thing, um, there's nothing wrong with you guys finding ways to whatever, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not being a deviant. You're not weird. Whatever you're. Whatever, sharing intimacy with somebody, whatever. But nobody ever talks to to young men about sex, mm-hmm. and so they just talk to each other. And the 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 ideas is so cockamamie, man. It's mm-hmm. just it's ridiculous. Can I? That's so funny. I I just I must have realized this before, right? But but I, I'm I'm putting two and two together right now. And I remember in a, that there was diametrically opposed cultures, and that's why I brought up the Roman and Italian thing uh, between American culture and how it dealt with masturbation and Turkish culture. And since I would go back to Turkey every summer, I would have this, but like bizarro world's situation where I was like constantly thinking one of these two. Like both of these things cannot be correct, <laughs> right? But I I never resolved it in my mind, right? So in American culture, it, you never talked about masturbation in my in the in the place that where I went to school, it was just such a forbidden topic, and it was oh. gross and funny and ridiculous and. Yeah. Something's wrong with you. Why don't you get a girl to do something with you? Yeah. You're a loser. Why are you touching yourself? Can't you can't you find a mate? Like that that was, you know, the sort of narrative around masturbating. Even though I know for a fact every single person was doing it. Come on. <laughs> I remember one of the evangelical kids. I won't give his last name, but Dan. So we had a couple of evangelical kids, right? And he was like, that is so dirty and onyx. So I'm like, Dan, no one believes you. I got news for you, and because I'm since I have have the Turkish culture, I'm like the only guy in school who can say it, right? But I'm like Dan, everybody knows you're doing it, brother. Everybody, <laughs> like just let it go, let it go. We we know, we know, Dan. I know you think we don't know. You think you're covering your tracks, right? So in Turkey, people openly talk about masturbation. So now juxtaposition. I go to Turkey for the summer, and the kids are literally having a contest of who could do it most in one day. <laughs> and Attila did, I think, did it 11 times. <laughs> that is insane. I'm like, Attila? no, he did. His name was they're Attila. Like, no, you don't know Attila. He, he, they're like, he could definitely do it. I'm like, how do you know Attila? How do you know that he can do it 11 times? <laughs> wow. So they thought it was talking about masturbation was 
the most normal thing in the world. And isn't that interesting? Because like you would think like Turkey may be more conservative, right? Right. Yeah. But nope, nope, not at all. Very free to open discussion. Whereas in America, if you did it, I remember these two, I shouldn't tell that story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here, I'll take out all the names, everything, okay? These two sons of bitches convinced another friend of ours, hey, uh, you know, this real this girl that we know, she's real pretty, right? Everybody, oh, yeah, sure, I got, oh, God, my God, she's pretty. We all know she's pretty, right? Anyway, they get them, and then they're like, I mean, like, you 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 masturbate to her like we all do, right? And he's like, oh no, I don't want to talk. No, anyway. But they worked that some poor son bitch over for like twenty minutes, okay? And finally, he's like, fine, okay, I do it too. And they're like, ah, we don't do it. I can't believe you do it. We're telling her. Oh my goodness, that is perfect. <laughs> so that was school. <laughs> but okay, back to the Romans for a second. That they're humans just like we're humans. There's no difference in our DNA, okay? But culture is an amazing evolving phenomenon where they 100% believe that it was gay to give oral sex to a woman or would their equivalent of gay, right? And, and they 100% believe that having anal sex with a guy or even oral sex, as long as you were the one receiving or giving or whatever the fuck, uh, was like the straightest thing you could do. In fact, it actually made you more masculine because you're taking power over a man, and a man is higher than a woman, right? And and they believe that with all their heart and being and minds. And now we look at it as like, no, well, that's obviously gay, right? And and we're just as convinced. Yeah. I got news for everybody. Neither one of us is right. It's mm. just made up cultural norms, totally and utterly made up. And there's nothing right or wrong, gay or not gay. Even the idea of gay is a made up concept, right? The Romans didn't even have it. They had, you know, like I keep saying, their, their equivalent of it, weak, effeminate, etc., uses derision, right? Um, and so now when you see culture, don't believe the hype. Today's culture is just as much bullshit as any other culture we've ever had. Amen. You know, and in, um, in Indiana, the culture was such that uh, we had, first of all, very few minorities at my school, um, and most of the people at my school like frowned upon. Sort of like, if basically, if you could dance, you were called queer. No matter how you know big or strong a kid was, you you were you were a queer if you could dance. And it's like, <laughs> real, so that's how they protected themselves. All these guys who protected themselves who couldn't dance. Right. So, you know, the one guy exactly. who shows up at the school dance and, and is able to move and oh, he's a queer. Yeah. What? <laughs> but look, I mean, this is what the normies do to weirdos, right? Yes. And, you know, we're all weirdos to some degree, right? Uh, and, and what I'm gonna say, we all are. I mean, the three of us, probably anybody that works in TYT, right? That we didn't go along with the norm, we didn't go along with the crowd, and that's why we're here doing our own version of rebelling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and the whole idea that the the people who did well in school were nerds. I mean, think about how hilarious that is. Oh, those guys are smart, <laughs> losers. <laughs> like, really? 
<laughs> it was another thing where I was like, wait, what am I missing? Why is it wrong to be smart? Why is that a bad thing, right? But in, but in, by the way, again, culture is amazing. In Turkey, not at all wrong to be smart. Mm -hmm. And when I was, I remember I was in Turkey till third grade, right? And so at that point, I'm one of the top three kids in the class, and people are like, show respect. They're like, oh, okay, Jenks one of the smart kids, right? Then I go to America, and they're like, Jenks one of the smart kids, idiot, <laughs> <laughs> loser. Yes. And then I walk into the locker room and everybody's showing their dick. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, go back to your high school reunion and you'll find uh, who's who's doing who's done interesting stuff with their life and who has not. And that'll suck. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, we're done. That was a fun <laughs> show. Uh, everybody check out Waz on the Ringer and on Woke Bros. Everybody check out David on Rebel Headquarters. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next time.